in because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch journey where we recap, react, and rewatch to past seasons of Survivor. So whether this is your first go around in this particular season, you're rewatching it along with us, or you're just thinking back on these past good times you had in Survivor seasons past. We are so glad that you have joined us here today. Um, Today we are in the 11th episode of Survivor's 16th season, uh, Survivor Micronesia. This one is titled I'm Ruthless and Have a Smile on My Face, which is really just a perfect encapsulation of this episode and all that goes down. Um, so yeah, we are we have been going through this season an episode at a time. You found yourself in the eleventh installment of this season, which we will break down momentarily. But before we get to that, it's time that you are introduced to the rest of the three quarters of Outwatch. Um, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, one of the best parts of this episode. There's a lot that happens. Um, is the survivor auction one of the best survivor auctions of all time culminating in um natalie winning a large chocolate cake which she then shares with parvati and sari and alexis and then this results in eric reichenbach deciding to pay 40 dollars to lick the remaining chocolate frosting off of sari field's fingers um which is something else. And so this got me thinking, Scott, it, what food would you be tempted to spend money to um, slurp off of somebody else's digits? The way you phrase that makes me want to eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I think about this, it's like a sliding scale, like, Whose hands am I eating food off of? Yeah, you know, you can fill um, in the blanks of this yeah, gross Mad Lib however you yeah, want. I putting myself on an island for 36 days. I don't know. This is hard. Hard question for me. Um, my favorite food is like steak, so maybe steak. But can you get or like steak a lasagna off of someone's a, a, a fingers? Lasagna that Adam Datum made specifically. <laughs> <laughs> But what's the what's what's licking steak off of someone's fingers look like though? Well, exactly. Maybe like the like you got some of the like leftover like maybe steak sauce or like the steak marinade or whatever that's left over. Yeah, the jus. The jus. Is that what it's called? It's just French for juice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the jus. <laughs> Um, excellent. Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thanks for having me. Um, is there any food that you would be tempted to, um, take off of somebody's fingers? Uh, in the circumstances of being really hungry on an island and survivor, uh, helps me think about this a little more because honestly watching Eric do that was pretty gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think I would do some, so here's my thought in recent weeks. I've realized how much I love pizza. I've always known that I've loved pizza, but I had a thought of like, I actually could eat pizza every night of the week and be pleased. So I think I would have somebody have like Totino's pizza rolls on their fingers. Mm. (laughs) And I would just like, are you you saying that like they, they take the pizza rolls and jam it onto each digit. Like they've skewered the pizza roll. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That would be so so hot. Yeah. I was going to say they're hot already. Well, you'd want to make their fingers would just be like singed (laughs) off at the end. No longer have fingerprints. Yeah. If you need to get away from the cops. 
This is a good way. <laughs> they have to be the right temperature because I'm not about to eat those. Listen, I still remember I was in like seventh grade. I was at my friend's house and I'd never had really never had pizza rolls before. And I just bit right into one. Oh, yeah. And all of the sauce came out the other side and burned the crap out of my hand. So yeah, these would absolutely a, need to be just warm. Yeah, that's a mistake you make once. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Everyone remembers sure. their first time that they. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unexpectedly so think, chomped into one of those. Yeah. So it would need to be the right. T- I mean, if we're making this up, I'm going to make up all the parameters. They sure. need to be just warm. And uh, then I wouldn't have to like, you know, I could just kind of eat them and it who, wouldn't have to interfere with that person's hand. Yeah. Who's, but. whose fingers would you like to um, <laughs> retrieve these <laughs> off of? <laughs> my own. If I could choose, <laughs> I would just choose my own fingers, but. Uh, which contestant from Survivor Micronesia? <laughs> Jeff Pro. <laughs> yeah. Not a contestant. That's but... <laughs> only answer. It's fair. Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Uh, what would you slurp off of someone's fingers? God, this is the worst. I like. I, I agree with Emily. That, that was a horrifying scene. I did not enjoy <laughs> watching Eric do that. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about how they've been out there for 30 days and haven't properly washed their hands. But at the same time, I mean, Eric eats with his hands and he's in the same boat. So what's really the difference here? Sure. Um, I think for me, it'd be peanut butter. I, I think, I think just peanut butter it doesn't have to be fancy. You big peanut butter guy, Adam. I'm a, I'm a big fat peanut butter boy. As they say, <laughs> who says that? <laughs> <laughs> Emily raised her hand. A BFPBB. Uh, yeah, we do abbreviate it. Yeah, because yeah. he's always eating peanut butter. Do you love peanut butter? What? What's your? Uh, what's your flavor? Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Trader Joe's natural crunchy, and make sure you get the salted variety. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm more of a creamy guy myself. Yeah, it's, I, I like smooth. creamy too. But if 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 I'm if I'm the choice between the two, it's crunchy all the way. Scott, what about you? Um, just like your traditional peanut butter, like <laughs> <laughs> like the you know creamy, I guess. Not as big no as like frills, a crunchy. Just, uh, just give me a, just give me some Jeff. I am smoother than a fresh jar. Of, I'm there. Smoother than a fresh jar, Skippy. You know. <laughs> Oh boy, you you and Heidi and Jenna could talk about peanut butter for a long time. I'm sure <laughs> that's they they got off that thing for peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, like it wouldn't have taken the chocolate for me. I just I would have been like peanut butter. Yep. Yeah. Here, I'm thinking like I've been thinking through this myself, and it's hard to think of something that can be on a finger that I would really like. You know, like. I think, I don't know, like I'm imagining what if somebody got like biscuits and gravy and they got a bunch of like sausage gravy that I could just sloop off their finger. I think I would do that. <laughs> or like the... You keep, you, keep, you keep changing the verb and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's making it worse. We also all to, to make myself less uncomfortable by changing the subject slightly. We also have picked foods that are pretty high in protein yeah and like calories which is good when you need energy yeah the, them them like because cho- that's what they talked that about cake chocolate cake. in 60 seconds that was oh, like dude i, I just could i just couldn't I, the only thing i think of was how badly my stomach would hurt yeah, after yeah they, that all would real be rough. Food. they all must have puked right honestly yeah. i told adam i was like do you think they gave him 60 seconds so they wouldn't eat too much but actually that doesn't make any sense because then they would have eaten a ton in 60 it's so you get exactly what they got, which is them shoving yeah. cake in their mouth <laughs> ravenously. Which was not cute. <laughs> lots of lots of content this season that is debatable whether we want to see it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say. Survivor was really starting to push the boundaries of like, well, what is it that people really want to see? <laughs> I remember back when I used to watch the show. We only had topless <laughs> chicks jumping into the water. We didn't have any of this nasty stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Uh, what do you say we take a trip down to Tree Mail and walk through what happened to this episode? Let's do it. Let's go. Can we sloop on down? Let's sloop on down <laughs> to Tree Mail. <laughs> uh, this episode starts out with Amanda being mad at Parvati and Sari. Remember last episode, Ozzy was uh, blindsided. And Amanda is has some hurt feelings about that. Parvati and James have a super awkward conversation following that, um, continuing the apology tour from Parvati. But when Amanda has her conversation with Parv, Amanda plays along a little bit more than James, who really lets her have it. Next, we've got the aforementioned Survivor auction, um, where a lot of chaos happens. But the important thing from a gameplay perspective is that Natalie sends Jason to Exile Island, and Jeff reveals there is a new idol which is hidden out there. Jason, during his time at Exile, does find a real idol this time, not just a stick, a real genuine idol, and he feels comfortable. When he gets back, Natalie is spearheading a plan to convince Jason to throw the immunity challenge and waste his idol. So right before immunity happens, Nat pulls Jason aside and says they just can't let James win. It's going to be James. Whatever you do, just don't let him win. So we have the immunity challenge. It's kind of a mashup of previous challenges, and Eric wins this one. He edges out James. Um, they go back to camp, and Natalie finds the idol in Jason's bag, confirming the plan, and then tells him, all right, it's James, you're good. So at Tribal Council, Jason hangs on to his idol, and for the second consecutive weeks, somebody is voted out with an idol in their pocket. Jason gets blindsided four to three to one, and joins Eliza and Ozzy on the jury. Another very exciting episode, this time between the, um, the auction some great confessional stuff and this big blind side here of Jason. Another one goes down with an idol in his pocket. Um, would love to hear from each of you the part which stuck out the most. Um, Emily, would you like to lead the way here? Sure. Um, yeah, I just think the whole thing with, I mean, Jason was interesting. I thought it was great that he found the idol finally, but it was kind of awful to watch um, how Natalie was kind of playing him. And I, I don't know. I, that's like a broad thing, but that whole arc was very interesting to yeah. me, but also <laughs> probably the most that we get out of Natalie so far. What did you think of? Um, her performance this episode. Yeah, it was wild because we've talked in previous episodes about how she's kind of been purple edited. Like we have not really heard anything from her. If we've heard anything from her, it's been very, very baseline. Um, like conversations, I guess. But then all of a sudden she had, I don't even know how many um, testimonial things yeah. where she was just, she just she's, kept talking about, She's the narrator of this episode. Totally. Yeah, she's absolutely the narrator of this episode. She just kept talking about like how, oh, we're playing Jason and we're basically running the game and these guys don't know what's coming for them. Yeah. And to the point where this completely feeds into the thing I always talk about, not that I've made this up because it's absolutely true, but like if you think you're running the game, like you better be careful. And I'm just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop for her. Mm. Cause she's just so confident yeah. and I get like, I kind of get that, especially from her. Like she, we haven't seen much from her. She hasn't really gotten to be a part of anything big that we've seen. So I can understand that she's kind of like finally feeling herself in this game. Yeah. But like to what end? <laughs> yeah. She really comes alive this episode. It's like she has her awakening yeah. where finally she's got runway and a chance to make, you know, to be the main character. And yeah, she really pops. Mm-hmm. Which, like, that's great for her. I think she's a little ruthless, but and she know, has a smile on her face. Been, she does, <laughs> but uh, maybe she's just been stewing in anger this whole time, and we finally get to see it. Yeah, so. maybe hell hath no fury and all that. Mm-hmm. Adam, what about you? What was the standout part of this episode? Um, 
I'll I'll drill into something specific that happened with the Natalie Jason arc of this episode. Um, I think Natalie's an idiot. Like, I think this is a great episode for her, like in terms of like good TV and like we're seeing more of her personality and all this Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But she has a conversation with Jason after the challenge, uh, after the immunity challenge, where he's like, uh, I found the immunity idol. Uh, I trust you and I I, I know your word is good and my word's good, too. Like, I, I definitely like feel like we're on the same wavelength with this, yada, yada, yada. And Natalie turns around and then is like, you know, okay, we're going to blindside it, blindside him, get him out of the game. And I think this is the dumbest thing Natalie could do in this moment. Because interesting. Natalie is not running this game. She is in an alliance with Parvati, who is running this game. She's also not in like a final three alliance with Parvati, as far as we know. It's like she she may think it's like her Alexis and Parvati, but like you are so on the back foot in this alliance. Like, you don't even know the situation you're in. And you have Alexis on your side, and now you have Jason on your side, who has an idol that you can convince him to play how you want to play it. I, I just don't understand how you look at these tools in front of you and think, like, yeah, I'm going to follow Parvati. Like, she, she could take control of this game right here. This is her moment to vote out Parvati or vote, vote out whoever you want. Vote mm. out Amanda because you think she's a threat. Like, it blows my mind here that this is the move that she decides to make. It's interesting. Yeah. And and not a take that I think I've thought about much. So, like, let's play this out. So, uh, say Nat gangs up with Alexis and Jason. There's eight at this point, right? Yeah. So, you know, you know that James is pissed at Parvati. So, you got four. Yeah. James voted for for sure. Got four. That means you need to talk to uh, Amanda, who, I don't know, kind of sketchy. I'm not sure I trust, like, talking to her about it. Or Sari. Yeah. Who I think is giving you no reason to think that she has any actual loyalty there. Yeah. Or Eric. Or Eric, exactly, mm-hmm. who is absolutely willing to vote out Parvati. Mm-hmm. You have complete ability to take control of this game. Interesting. Yeah, it just it just frustrated me so much watching this because she's not in any sort of controlling position. She's just helping to execute someone else's strategy Mm -hmm. while she has all the pieces to be in a controlling position. Yeah. Which like, yeah, that's a great point. And we shouldn't lose to the like for as potentially um, a missed opportunity that is for Nat like that credit then goes to you know, Parvati, Sari, Amanda to yeah, rope her into this thing, which is not necessarily benefiting her, but she's, you know, all on board for now. Yeah. Because of their like social ability to make her want to be a part of it. Right. Well, and that's like, you're in your final tribal in the final tribal council. If you were to make it to the final against anyone here, like, what are you really saying that you did that you like spearheaded? You're like, well, I, I can I, I convinced Jason to trust me so we could blindside him. Like, that's the extent of her moves in this game so far, as far yeah. as like we've seen from TV. Like, you could literally be like, yeah, I teamed up with Parvati. And then as soon as I had the opportunity, I took control of this game. That could be your story. Yeah. I just like it just uh, it frustrates me to no end. (laughs) Yeah, this was the other part of me bringing this up. I was like, I'll let Adam talk about it because he has big feelings. But that was also the interesting (laughs) part to me was this whole conversation that we had. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Like it. We don't even really get that as a consideration from Natalie. You know, it's like she's just fully on board with um, the alliance with Parv and Suri and Amanda. Well, and this is like, I don't know, like Eric, when he's not in alliance, struggles to like talk to people about like doing something new. Sure. Just from what we've seen, like he, he's just not great at it. James is not this social player. This is not where James thrives. Right. Is creating new strategies to get rid of people and blind signing and things like that. It's just it's not what he likes to do. It's not what he's good at. And that's fine. Which means that, like, the two people on the outs of this alliance who know what is happening are in a position to, like, move to Natalie and 
and like convince her like, Hey, like this is something that you can do right right now. But like, and, and then Jason's just like, so he wants to be liked right now. He doesn't feel like he can rock any boat. So yeah. like, he's not going to say anything. He's just happy. It's not him. It's just, uh, it's so it's, I mean, as frustrating as it is for Natalie Harvey, Holy cow. What a play. Like, sure. Yeah. Well done. Like credit where credit's due. But man, this frustrated me with Natalie. Yeah. Especially like the, the testimonials where she's talking about how like ruthless and like yada, yada, yada she is. I'm like, you are not thinking. Yeah. I think that made you more mad to see her constantly be like, yep, this is a play. We are so smart. We are doing the thing. I am in control. She's, and Adam's like, well, you could do this. Instead. She's, she's bragging about being in control when she's absolutely not. And she could be like, sure. it's one thing if she didn't have this move to make, but she has this move. Yeah. Ugh. Scott, what about you? What stood out for you this episode? Well, it's hard to follow that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. I literally, I, I had to pause the TV at some point when we were watching this and yell and sit down. Like, I was so annoyed. <laughs> it's like watching sports, but... <laughs> yeah, it really, it really felt that way. <laughs> Why are no. you running the ball? What are you doing? <laughs> no, kind of the piggyback. Oh, uh oh, we lost Scott. Oh, we lost oh, no. Scott. Um, okay, well, let's carry on here, and when we get Scott back, we'll ask him what um, what stood out to him. Um, okay, one thing that I wanted to talk about here in this episode is the coining of a name for one of the all-time great Survivor um, alliances, as we get this big scene where, you know, complete with spider B-roll where the term the Black Widow Brigade comes to fruition. I've queued this little scene up here. Um, let's play the audio of uh, the storytelling of this. Eric made it. I jumped up. Like, I didn't scream, though. So the fact that it came down to Eric and James in the end, and we needed Eric to win in order for the plan to work out, and then Eric did win. I was ecstatic. I think all the girls are jumping up and down and screaming silently inside their heads. The first part of the plan. The, 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 the plan is in play. <laughs> it's like the Black Widow Brigade. Like all the girls are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can, just spinning them and spinning them until they don't know which way's up. And then we're devouring them one at a time. <laughs> Excellent stuff. This is um, what this is the the stuff of Survivor Legends. Here is the Black Widow Brigade um, coalescing this episode, and and to a greater degree, like the story of this season really comes together. This episode too, with um, Natalie and Parvati and Amanda and Sari um, and Alexis formalizing this like women's alliance black widow brigade um and claiming their next victim in jason i'm I'm interested in um y'all's reaction to this um yeah this like storyline kind of formalizing right we've been getting kind of rumblings of the the women wanting to do something together for a while um but here's where it all kind of comes to a head complete with the naming of the Alliance um, and everything. Adam, did you have a, um, a reaction to this? I mean, I, I felt like the spider B roll happened a few too many times. <laughs> I was so sick of that stupid B roll. I was like, we get it. Spiders. But it was, I mean, it is very, it's very good. I, I think I like, I don't know. There's something really special about this alliance in that it is like Survivor has a hard time uh, on women in yep. general, just yep. like making it to the final or being taken like seriously as whatever. Like it is really hard. And so it's really interesting that like this alliance of five is a five women total. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Five, five women have are in complete control of this game. Yeah. Um, and I think that Black Widow Brigade is iconic. I don't think I could come up with anything half that good, especially not after being on an 
island for 31 days. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it just goes to show like how good Harvity is for Survivor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Emily, what about you? What's your uh, reaction to the coalescing of um, this kind of storyline here in this episode? Yeah, like I said, so tired of the spiders. We also got so much. And I think I talked about this maybe in the last episode or a couple episodes ago. But like, I really hate the B-roll of animals eating each other. Mm. And we got one of those two either. in I think it was in this episode of like a parrot eating a lizard. Yeah, yeah, it was. it was alive. And I was like, I don't need to see this to understand the plot of this game. <laughs> so I hated that. But other than that... No, I agree with everything that's been said. I think it's super interesting. I love how this has come together. We've been talking about how Parvati seems to be a little bit more focused, maybe, in this season. And I think it's really paid off for her. She's, especially like the risks that she's taken to get to this point, um, seem to be working in her favor. So it's made it really interesting to watch. I think that. When it's pretty cool. She was the one pre-merge she was talking about and they, it, it either was like she was just talking to the camera or she may have been talking to somebody else but she was talking about the game in like stages mm. yeah. and like just she, she just has such a solid understanding of like the game as a, as a whole and like half the battle of survivors knowing when to make a move and like just, just the fact that she's, she's so like focused on like okay like I know that like these types of moves won't matter until later. So we're going to put them out of our head and we're going to get through this one, like sure. setting me up best for this. And then this, and then, you know, it's just, yeah, we, we've gotten a really whole picture of poverty as a like strategic threat. Yeah. Scott, you dropped for a minute there. Uh, Scott's back now. What was the part of this episode that stuck out to you, Scott? Um, weirdly, it kind of paired it into this. Perfect. Um, yeah, it was just kind of the like the girl power or like the Black Widow Brigade kind yeah. of thing. Kind of like, um, I don't know, just to talk more about this. I feel like when I've watched like more recent episodes, like seasons of Survivor, it's always like it's always like the first day. There's always like women are like, we're going to do a gr- all girl thing. And then it always breaks down. Yep. I feel like inevitably just as the season progresses. So it is cool that like it's cool to see it actually like seemingly working out mm-hmm. like. Obviously, there's, I think there's what two two guys left after today. Yep. So it seems like they're in pretty good shape. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty impressive to watch. Yeah. Um, so it kind of that was kind of what I was going to talk about a little bit. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like to this point in you know just like chronologically, Survivor is pretty even when it comes to like winner distribution. But I think it's a pretty safe thing to say that from like a character perspective, like men have more of the spotlight, um, at least to this point. And then, you know, in recent seasons, it takes like a worse turn in that with, you know, the introduction of more like twists and advantages and stuff, it seems to like favor the game that men traditionally play such that there's like not a lot of women winners for a long time. Right. And so, like you've said, yeah, this is like, not unique as um you know a quality of the season but rare in that you have yeah mm-hmm. like so many women really driving the narrative and the gameplay and the screen time um which is yeah a fun uh development in this season <clears throat> well and i think that like i i yeah i i meant more specifically like women being like in that those like controlling positions it's easier for tv to portray them as sort of like mean or bitchy or like whatever right whereas like in this episode like all of the women are really like i mean you feel like all of them i mean especially like sari amanda parvati like they're all just thinking about like the game in this and it's so clear like you think of them as you can think of any of them as a strategist the way that uh uh rob Sesternino was in Amazon. Like they all have that same like edited quality to them. Mm -hmm. So it it is like, it's just really like, 
this is a well done season in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like editing wise, it's really well done. It's really engaging. And like specifically the, that too, the way that the stories are being told. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting too. Um, like with specifically with like our returning players that we have left, like Parvati, Amanda and Sari, like how they're kind of like working together, but you can see the wheels turning, like how they're like, they're in an alliance kind of, but also like they also all three don't necessarily seem super like not as close as like Natalie seems to be with Parvati. Like they're all clearly thinking of how they're going to win the game. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's pretty cool to see like the wheels turning, especially with like Amanda and Sari, like specifically. I think you really, yeah, you do really feel that tension of like them sort of, they're, they're not like jockeying with each other, like overtly in front of everything, but you feel that like at some point, the three of us are going to need to figure this out. And like, how do I make sure that I'm in the position to whatever it is? Yeah. Watching that has been very interesting. Just mm-hmm. the, the favorites coming back compared to the fans and how they're playing. Yeah. Cause they don't have this, like, we're going to be best <laughs> friends until the end. Yeah. Like, they're definitely, yeah. you can yeah. tell they're being strategic and not just yeah. being like. Favorites are there to play right a now. game. The fans are there to survive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's go through and hit some of these other major points from this episode. Um, at the beginning of things here, James once again is back on his Garden of Eden eating the apple thing. Um, <laughs> what do we think about. <laughs> do you think James is like. Um, I don't know, like a theologian. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I forgot that he goes back to the don't eat the apple well again this season, but um, he really digs this metaphor. I think, I, I think this is something that we, we, James probably says a lot in his day to day life or his mom said it to him growing up or something. Uh, like I, I think it's just something like that where it was like uh, whenever he was thinking about getting in the trouble, his mom would say like, don't eat the apple. Like something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's just internalized to him. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he uses metaphors and sayings a lot to yeah. convey like what's happening. And they're usually pretty creative. That um that conversation that he and Parvati have at the beginning of this episode too is like painfully cringily awkward where she's like hey just wanted to say i'm sorry and he's like yep you should (laughs) like was not giving her anything um and i think especially comparing that to amanda who kind of like at least to parvati's face says like no i understand it's okay you're still with me right and then in confessional says i don't like this right I think that that contrast couldn't be clearer. Um, I'm interested in what y'all think from Amanda's perspective, who is still like a part of this alliance, but has kind of just been screwed over by Parvati and Sari. Um, What you think her play is here at this at this point? I have the hiccups, and it's bad. I uh, I don't know, yeah, because it does seem like like Parvati's clearly got like Natalie and Alexis. Um, so for someone like Amanda, I don't know. I feel like she needs to somehow get creative because she does seem to be on the outs. Um, with like the rest of the women there, like if there's five women, I feel like she's like four or five. Um, so I don't know if that's rallying like James and Eric or what, but I do feel like. She's currently isn't like in a super great position and going to the end, I guess. Yeah, she's just in a weird spot because like the, the, the easiest thing to do is to fall in line with the alliance and hope that Parvati stays true to Amanda. But I I think that she's been playing this game with Suri the entire time. And I think it would be easy enough for her to kind of move in with Suri and be like, we got to do something about this because like Parvati, Alexis and Natalie, like we don't have to get rid of Parvati, but like we got to get rid of Alexis and Natalie. It's like Parvati has too much power over them. And then she has uh, 
Eric and James. I, I, I don't know that she has Jason, which is what makes this tricky, but I mean, she could tell her, try to tell him the truth, but I, I don't know. It's just, she's in such a weird position that like, she's kind of, she's kind of backed herself into a corner of who she can trust anymore. And unfortunately, people in that corner aren't super trustworthy. Yeah, yeah you like get the sense that she knows that too. Like, right. Yeah, like yeah she knows she, she's, she's well aware of her position. Yeah, like, she kind of knows she's kind of screwed in the end game here. Just trying to work around that. It yeah. is interesting, though, because I think she's super smart to not let Parvati know that she's mad. Yeah. About oh, yeah. not only this, but when Parvati was like, hey, we're in an alliance with the, uh, Natalie and Alexis. And she was really mad about that, but she didn't let Parvati know because I think her closest ally at this point is James, but also and Suri, but also Parvati for sure. And Parvati's running the game. And if she were to let on that she was mad, I think that could really change things for her. It's interesting to me to watch, like you said, Alex, like with James mm-hmm. talking to Parvati, he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm mad at you and we're done. And right. Parvati at the end was like, well, it's disappointing because he kept talking and I don't remember what exactly he said, but he said something to make her say, like, you don't think that I'm capable of playing this game and like sure. running this game. Sure. Yeah. And I think with that, it wasn't just a, yeah, I understand why you're mad. Cause I kind of did stuff behind your back. He said stuff to make her like actually really mad. And, and he kind of made her feel like he thought she was just, you know, dumb or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think really will affect his future with her, but then for um amanda to just kind of like lay low and mm-hmm. she's still got parvati's ear i think that's the best she can do right now because yeah. like we've said i mean yeah. what else what else does she have well so. i mean like that that is the I mean, we, we've talked about the the favorites as compared to the fans and how they're playing this game and like when when alexis and natalie are talking to parvati it is a very it is very different than when Parvati is talking to Amanda or right. Amanda and Sari or Parvati and Sari like because th- th- there really feels like there's so much like mutual respect and trepidation mm-hmm. and like Parvati and Amanda are speaking or Parvati and Sari or Sari and Amanda but then when they're talking to Natalie and Alexis there's kind of this like I it, it, it I'm not sure if they're like underestimating them necessarily but it is sort of a feeling of like they're not going to do anything like it's fine, whatever. But like Amanda and Sari and Parvati, like ah, they're kind of they just seem more real with each other. They can yeah. pull it together in some way, shape, or form. Or even like when they disagree on who to vote out, like they the conversations that they have as compared to like you know when the fans were fighting over who to vote out, like they were really heated and emotional. Yeah, but like they're like, well, I think we should get rid of this person because of this. But like, and then you know, well, I was thinking like this person because of this. But like, yeah, you know, and they're just. They're having an actual conversation about the strategy of the game. Yeah. Rather than like, if we don't do this, I'm done. Like it's, you know, they so, understand the assignment, if you will. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and I think it's something to clock as we move towards the end game, right? Is these, you know, handful of people maneuvering around each other as we get near the end game. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the Survivor Auction. Are are we generally fans? Are you a fan of the Survivor Auction? <laughs> Do we like when we have auctions or no? I don't hate it. I think I think that the auction can go on too long. Yeah. I also hate when they have like some advantage that you can buy in the game that everybody's going to save their money for. Yeah. Like, that's annoying. Like I, I think the auction generally is fun. Mm-hmm. I thought when Natalie bought the bat soup, we didn't know it was bat soup. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. And then James steps up and eats it. Amazing. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, very clearly before it starts, it's like you cannot share food. And then yeah. James is like, no, I'll eat these bats. <laughs> and Jeff's like, yeah. do it. <laughs> eat these bats, James. <laughs> eat the bats yeah. for me. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was pretty great. I think I think when done well and like as not a major whatever, like the survivor yeah. auction can be a lot of fun. Like 
Yeah. It's a little like break from the game in a way. Yeah, uh-huh. it's just nice it's to fun. see people get food and be happy about it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of highlights here. We talked about the main one. We've also got um, Sari gets a hot dog. Eric gets a lot of nachos. James eats Natalie's bat soup. Amanda gets a peanut butter and jelly. Um, let's talk about the game part of this where Natalie wins an advantage, which is sending somebody to exile and taking all their money. Um, and ultimately, Natalie sends Jason to exile, which will have uh, big repercussions for the rest of this episode. And so I'm curious what y'all thought about Natalie's decision to send Jason away. Obviously you look back in hindsight and everything worked out for her, but do you think that that was the correct move or um, that she should have swerved in a different direction? I think seeing what happened, that was great for her. Sure. Because she totally gains Jason's trust. And then they could pinpoint the idol and it's already out of the game. Yeah, I mean, it was basically either Jason or you have to send somebody from your own alliance. And if she did that, it'd probably be Alexis. And Alexis has like one leg right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Jason is like. Can do the least harm with an idol. And honestly, if she had played it better, she'd be in control of this game right now. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking through this, like. Who who do you send if you're Natalie? To go get the idol that may be better. And. I think like anyone else, you would just power up more than you want to like. Yeah, you send Sari or. Harvey or Amanda out there, it's like, all right, there's one more way for them to beat you. Mm-hmm. I wonder what she would, what would have happened if she said, Jeff, I want to go. I'll give my money to Harvey and I'll go. I was wondering if that was an option. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was curious if she was going to do that, but she didn't ask the question. So I don't know. It does seem to imply that she had to send somebody else. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I'm sure they just assume that no one would want to go to exile. So, yeah, I think that Jeff didn't want to say that there was another idol planted. So, yeah. I got yeah. that vibe where because, like, you know, he explains he, he the advantage. Said anything if she hadn't asked, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, then Natalie asks, "Is there another idol?" And he gets kind of like sighs and is like, "Yeah, there's another idol out there." <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I wonder. Um, yeah, how that I think maybe this was meant to be like a surprise, like, oh, you hosed somebody by sending them to exile, but really <laughs> it's actually to their advantage. So she yeah. stole Jeff's thunder. Um, another note from this auction is I thought it was really funny when Natalie picked the people to share the cake with and she was like, but you guys can't hog this freaking cake. I'm serious. Like, I'm getting aggro about this cake. (laughs) Yeah. This is more of like, oh, we're finally seeing Natalie. Yes. Those those little like personality moments are really fun. Yeah. Like it it makes them I don't know. Like Natalie's uh testimonials where she's talking about flossing with the jugular and everything. Like I'm like Ew, I'm not sure I'm a fan of this person. And she says, like, I'm getting aggro about this cake. I'm like, I could I could kick it with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk about then when so when Jason gets back, the way that Natalie gets Jason on board with this plan, which I guess doesn't really yield any fruit in the challenge itself. But like right before the challenge, she like pulls him aside and is like, yo. It's going to be James. We can't let James win. I I feel like like this was such an interesting sequence to me because we never see survivors like talking pre challenge like this. Um, it was shot in such a way that it felt very kind of like slapdash, like um, roaming camera. And I I I honestly think that they probably have them in lockdown during this time anyway, right? So I'm I'm interested in what y'all thought about 
um, this particular sequence where, um, yeah, Natalie whispers in Jason's ear, like, all right, um, we can't let James win. Scott, what'd you think about, uh, that, like that strategic choice there? Um, I mean, I guess in like the context of her overarching, like strategy play to get Jason to trust her, I was like, okay with it. Um, whether or not she needed to, I don't really know, especially because the competition didn't really lend itself to like Jason making much of a difference to like stop James from winning because it was kind of like a race, so to speak. Right. Um, so I'm kind of conflicted, I guess. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like, yeah, I like think her only goal this episode was to like butter up Jason, and I think she succeeded in doing that by like having that conversation there. So I guess all falls well there. Yeah. Consider him basted. Yeah. He's been so buttered up. So buttered. Um, let, uh, yeah, let's, let's end this discussion with talking about Jason. We didn't do this off the top. Like we normally do. Um, Jason was on whose tribe Scott's tribe. He was on mine. Scott, yeah. talk about Prince Jason Siska and his game um, and what went wrong for him. So Jason did do some good stuff. Like he did win some immunities. Um, he found the idol. Mm-hmm. He found a fake idol. Um, but I don't know that he truly knows like how Survivor <laughs> runs. <laughs> or he like got so far on the outside of the game that like like he would have I feel like he required somebody like with him to like be like alright we're doing this yeah um, and he just didn't have that person he had Eliza mm. I guess but that we saw how that ended um, <laughs> I don't know I just I felt bad for him because the guy was clearly getting like punked on at the end and oh yeah kind of, yeah um, I felt bad I feel like he was trying his best, but yeah, he just wasn't wasn't super effective, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he brought a lot of fun to this season. Um, yeah. I don't think I like he intended to. He was so confident in what he was doing. Yeah. So this is really good for me. <laughs> I think probably the biggest like dopey edit we've ever gotten to this point yeah. of our watching Survivor, like. This dude was just made out to be a total dope, like yeah. <laughs> the whole season. It would have been amazing if he had said it again when he found the real idol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is really good for me. But yeah, like lost yeah. in all this, he did find the idol this episode. Um, no small feat. Yeah. He just didn't play it yeah. when he should have. He didn't play the idol incorrectly. True. True. He didn't play it at all. <laughs> But he didn't play it incorrectly. <laughs> James, at one point, this episode says something along the lines of like, he's got the idol. He's not going to go out without playing it. Yeah. Something like that. And I'm like, James, you went out holding two, dog. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That was a really funny little meta moment. <laughs> like, James, this is the pot calling the kettle black if it ever has been. Like,. <laughs> Oh, let's go ahead and move on to our fantasy survivor results. This episode, um, Scott does lose Jason this episode, but it gets 10 points from him finding that idol on his way out, adding 30 points to Scott's total. Emily's tribe gets a solid 10 apiece from Suri and Parv and Adam's tribe gets 30 from a big episode from Eric. And 10 out of Natalie. The, Come back! Yeah. <laughs> Not mathematically eliminated yet. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, definitely am. Definitely am. <laughs> At this point, our scores are 445 for Adam's tribe, uh, 620 for Emily's tribe, and 670 for Scott's tribe, though he is one player down now. Coming in to the home stretch. Uh, quickly, let's award some goats and participation trophies. Um, 
Scott, would you like to lead things off here? Sure. Um, my hero for this episode is Parvati <laughs> for kind of being like the puppet master of the whole thing. Sure. Lasa, she big pulled the hit on Jason and like Jason isn't even going to know that Parvati did it. That's yeah. so great. Like he's going to be mad at Natalie. So crazy. Um, and participation trophy. Um, I'm going to give it to. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> everybody, we're we're at such low numbers. I feel like everybody's doing something. Um, I'm going to give it to James because he just. Fair. I feel like he didn't do. Yeah, he super impactful basically episode. wasted his vote on Parvati for no real reason. Really mishandled the confrontation. So that's a good, a good move. Yeah, Adam, what about you? Uh, I think my goat's also going to be uh, Parvati. Um, I think she just does such a good job of like directing people in this one to execute her vision. Uh, it's really well done. She makes the most of some interesting situations. It's just, yeah, she's yeah. so good. Um, I, I think James is an absolutely incredible uh, participation trophy, but I'm sorry. Natalie's move pissed me off so much <laughs> that she's getting my participation trophy because you know what she did? She followed Harvard's plan and did nothing on her own. There you go. So there you go. Nat. The, she participated so hard. Natalie Bolton, come out with your skincare routine. <laughs> she could beat me up 100%. I'm not, I'm not playing. <laughs> Emily, what about you? Yeah, I'm just going to say what Scott said because I completely agree. Like all of that. One to Parv. One to James. I'm going to give my goat to Natalie because she flossed her teeth with the jugular of Jason Siska. Um, and my participation trophy will go to Jason because he did get voted out with an idol in his pocket. And that's not what what you want. Uh, and I think that just ought to do it for our recounting of this episode of survivor. Thank you for listening to outwatch. And next time on outwatch, we will continue the home stretch of our survivor micronesia rewatch with the 12th episode titled I'm Gonna Fix Her, which is ominous and scary. Make sure that you are subscribed to or following this feed wherever you're getting your podcasts and check out listener support in our description. Uh, The support of our podcast is uh, such highly appreciated by us. We really appreciate your support. and it helps keep this show running. So give that a look if you are interested. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.